Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Terrace Talk. This weekend, we've got a Sunday game, top feet, bottom, and uh, it might be live on the television as well um, for, for you guys to watch. It's going to be an interesting one to delve into. I'm delighted to be joined by a Norwich City fan and pink and columnist Terry Westgate and Wickham fan and writer, part of uh, JJ's Left Foot blog, Tom Hancock as well. Um, Terry, let's let's start with you. Norwich is the top side. I think we'll, we'll get straight into this game and then we'll reflect a little bit on the, the results in the week. Norwich go into this game. They go into most games in the Championship this season with expectation, but this is one that they really will go in with expectation. It's, it's probably positive that they're bouncing in off the back of four consecutive wins. Yeah, I think so. Particularly as it doesn't seem that long ago when we lost that game to Swansea and we had we hadn't scored for a few games and it was all doom and gloom and everybody was saying, oh, you know, it's all falling apart. Um, and then we responded to that with four straight wins back at the top of the table. At one point, having a 10-point lead, things change so quickly in the Championship, don't they? They do, yeah. They, they really, really do. Um, Tom, for you, I, I, I guess in, in many ways, this is an interesting one because even though Wickham are, are eight points adrift at the bottom of the table, there is some positivity. I've seen you on your Twitter account maybe floating the idea of <laughs> a great escape, if you want to call it that, but a, a win against a Reading side that have been very good this year, currently sitting in the playoffs. That must give you guys a lot of optimism as well heading into this one. Yeah, I mean, Reading have that blistering start to the season. They've been on a bit of a wobble lately, but you know, any result against a team up there in the top six is obviously going to give you confidence. And uh, yeah, we've been playing really well the last few games. And uh, I think, yeah, we, you can, we can look at Sunday as something of a free hit, as I think a lot of teams would have Norwich because, you know, you're kind of running away with it already. If I jinx it, I'm not taking any responsibility. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you talk about a great escape. I mean, it really would be one of the greatest escapes if we were to do it. But I think we've just got to keep on uh, keep on doing what we're doing, trying to stay in touch and hopefully make the end of the season interesting, if nothing else. But uh, there's certainly a turnaround from a few weeks ago where we really did look dead and buried. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, uh, well, well. We'll again come on to the reverse fixture in a minute. But as I said to you off camera, it was a, a real game where you looked at Wickham and thought they they could have a chance of uh, of, of staying in the championship. They're very good. They're interesting to see Gareth Ainsworth describe it as as one of their best away performances this season. But like I say, we'll come on to that in just mm-hmm. a moment. Terry, um, let's let's start with you. Uh, a midweek win against Birmingham City for Norwich, three one, maybe flatters them slightly in terms of the performance. It wasn't always. Um, an easy watch throughout the game, but good teams find a way to win and this Norwich team is is a very good one. Yeah, definitely. I think that first half was really close. I think Birmingham were really good at closing us down, trying to stop us from playing out from the back, trying to counter our game, which worked really well for the first 45 minutes. But I think what they showed is what a lot of teams have seen. It's really difficult to maintain that for the 90 minutes. I think, you know, we we our players never seem to tire. And also, there's always that risk, which was demonstrated by that third goal right at the end, where suddenly, because they were closing us down, suddenly we had space and suddenly we had three players who were clear through on goal. So I think the scoreline does flatter it, flatter us a bit because I think, yes, Birmingham played really well to try and stop us playing. But even with that, they still couldn't, in the end, stop us from getting the result. We had just had that quality when we needed it most at the end to just take those two goals and get the win. 
Mm, absolutely. And in terms of the context of that win and the fact that it was a midweek, it was against a side scrapping for their life, like it will be this weekend against Wickham, those games can always be potentially a little bit more challenging because you're, you're playing a side uh, with, with something to play for. That's not always the case if you're playing a, a mid-table side. I think that Bristol City game that Norwich had recently where they were fairly comfortable, although they they were in freefall prior to Nigel Pearson's arrival. Um but in, in terms of the context, and, and we mentioned the midweek, also the pitch was was pretty tough. Uh, against the, an Ita Karanka side, they're always defensively well drilled. All of that context makes it to be a, a very good win. And um, a, a win, I guess, that really flexes their muscles in the championship and shows their promotion credentials. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think at half-time when it was 1-1, I think we were all probably quite grateful to go get away with a draw. But the fact that you know, the team's not going to settle for a draw. This, these players aren't going to settle for a draw. They're going to go out. They're going to make the changes. They're going to go for the win. And the, the fact that they bounced back and had those four consecutive wins and, and it's just amazing, really. I mean, you know, I've supported this team a long time, but the just the, the, the determination and the will and the belief that they've got... I think we, we lost your audio there for a little bit, Terry, or we did uh, my end. So hopefully that's picked up now. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we, we should have you, hopefully. Um, Tom, let's um, let's let's come yeah. back to you then. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get Terry's audio all, all good. Um, Wickham Wanderers, 1-0 win over Reading, as, as we said. Talk to us a little bit about the performance because um, I, I was kind of seeing updates come into my Twitter yeah. and I was seeing red cards, penalties. It seemed a little bit mad. It was, yeah, it was a pretty stale first half. Um, and then it all kind of kicked off in the second. So I still, I've watched replay after replay and still can't work out how our goal went in. Fred on you did, we got it officially. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, it's just really good work by Anthony Stewart to keep the ball alive at the back post. And we just poked it home. Whether Raphael, their keeper, should have done better with it, I don't know, but we take it. And yeah, uh, about 15, 20 minutes after that, we give away a penalty. It looked like the foul was outside the box. It still would have been a red because Cafazoli's the last man. He's just pushed the player in the back. Jowls whacked it against the bar. Um, you know, and then we're looking right, 20 minutes, 10 men. We might actually hang on here. Five minutes to go, we get a penalty. Uchek Piezu won three now for us already. He's just a ridiculous handful. Um, but with no Joe Jacobson, He's out injured at the moment. Uche took it himself and uh, he did score a penalty against Derby last week, which wasn't that convincing. And this was even less so. And he's just rolled it into the keeper's hands, basically. So, yeah, then it was kind of a nervy last five, ten minutes. But um, we were never unduly bothered, I don't think. And, uh, yeah, definitely a deserved win. And as poor as, poor as Reading were on the night, we were great. And uh, it was just yeah, gathering a bit of momentum now. and. Uh, Never know where that can take you. Yeah, particularly in this division where teams can can beat anyone. Really, it's it's kind of that sort of league. Yeah. How have you how have you found the championship this year? There's there's been a a perception. It's it, to me at least, it's kind of felt disrespectful is quite a strong word, but it, it's it's been a little bit sort of little little old Wickham. Uh, you know, they'll they'll, um, they'll they'll be kind of the whipping boys this season. And although you you sit bottom of the table, like you say, there is only an eight point gap. There is a well, your three wins are effectively from safety. It's not beyond the realms. How how have you found sort of the perception that that, that your club has had in the championship this season? 
I mean, it's not really any different to what we're used to. We were a small club in League One, let alone the Championship. Um, you know, we beat Sunderland last season and the uh, the rattling that that caused was quite entertaining, let's say that, even if they did go and beat us 4-0 at their place. But, um, you know, we're used to being written off. We're used to being underdogs. And I know the new owners kind of want to get rid of this little old Wickham tag, but... You know, yeah, we're at a small club, we're a small budget, probably possibly the smallest ever in the championship. And uh, we won't let other people's perceptions or anything get to us. We'll just get on with our job and uh, hopefully be in the underdog works in our favour. And, uh, you know, there's no pressure. There was no, you know, everyone hoped we'd stay up this season, but it was never like an expectation. And yeah, where we are now, like you say, three wins from safety. Goal differences, I think 11 worse than Birmingham's at the moment, but that can, you know, that can come down. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting end to the season. And I'm glad of it because very, very rarely do we have a season where we're not fighting at one end of the table come the last sort of 10, 15 games. So it looks like we still have something to play for this time. And, uh, yeah, our last, you know, we've had a couple of great skates in the past, staying in the Football League on goal difference in 2014. Had we not done that, the club probably would have gone under. So, you know, that's that's also a mark of how far we've come in such a short space of time. So whatever we do this season, it's our highest ever league finish. And also the win of the week means we won't uh, be the worst championship team of all time, if nothing else. We've uh, equaled Rotherham's record low now. So, yeah, hopefully onwards and upwards. And, uh, yeah, see where we go. Absolutely. I, I guess the important thing at this stage of the season is maybe trying to get a, a run of games together, a run of wins together, a run of results. Even draws are so pivotal when, when you're in those relegation fights, as Norwich know too well from their various um, uh, escape attempts, usually unsuccessful in the Premier League in, in recent years. Um, Terry, the, the results of midweek, Norwich obviously played on the Tuesday ahead of their promotion rivals. They were sort of 10 points clear for 24 hours, which was a very nice position to be in, although they're back to to seven points now and with 14 games left for, for Norwich I, I guess we're kind of in the position where we're talking about what's going to be needed what sort of points tallies are going to be needed to, to get back to the Premier League Daniel Farker has said Norwich need 80 before they can start talking um, about being safe in the playoffs and, and 90 for automatic promotion is that something that that you would subscribe to I think all bar um, two seasons in the last decade 90 points would have been enough to secure automatic promotion yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you need to have those kind of targets to work towards and you understand why the boss is thinking like that. Like, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We need to make sure we get those points. You know, nothing's certain, nothing's been guaranteed so far. Um, I think, although personally, I'm just, look, just look at the table and you think to be at this stage of the season, to be seven points clear at the top is is really, you know, that's unusual. Um so I think it is just about maintaining. And as long as, you know, we're maintaining that lead or, we're, you know, we're constantly at the top of the table and there's that nice little cushion, I can't see it being a problem. I mean, you know, talk about not wanting to jinx things, but it's in such a healthy position we're in. We're, when we're doing better than we did two years ago, we think what a great season that was. Um, it's just about holding your nerve. You know, it's just keeping focus, staying on, on track, you know, just making sure that you take every game as it, as it comes and make sure that you take every game as seriously as the last. And you just keep, and you know that we've got the talent there to do it. So it's just having the right mindset now and it's all in our hands. 
And, and that's the most important thing that it is all in Norwich's hands. That wasn't the case, like you say, after that Swansea defeat, where we, everyone was kind of looking at games in hand and, and results and run-ins that different different teams had. We The thing is now that Norwich fans and, and us guys as well, we know how quickly a, a seven-point lead can be eaten into. We, we were sitting relative comfort just before Christmas and suddenly by the start of February, that was pretty much gone. So it does show how quickly things can change in the Championship and how even though Norwich are in a strong position, they, they can't take it for granted. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, which is also obviously gives you a bit of hope to those at the bottom of the table as well. With the Championship, because you're playing like two games a week, you know, that's six points on the cards every week. So two or three weeks, people's position in the tables can change so drastically. People mid-table can suddenly be in the playoffs. People in the playoffs can suddenly be challenging for the top spot. And also people in mid-table can get dragged into the relegation zone. I mean, that's the thing about the Championship, that constant turnover of games, all those points available. It's just about maintaining... Um, just maintaining your uh, your quality through that. Mm, it looks like we've got a real playoff race on our hands now as well after uh, after Bournemouth lost in, in midweek to, to resurgent Cardiff as well. So, so many narratives in, in this division at the moment. So many teams still with uh, things to play for. And that's what makes it, as Daniel Varga says, the most uh, the toughest division in the league or in the world, I think he calls it, which is, um, which is probably an apt description. Um, Tom, in terms of Wickham and, and this season, and uh, this is quite a philosophical question, but in terms of outlook, what what did you as a Wickham fan hope to gain out of it? Was it survival? Was it building upon that? Or, or was it perhaps a bit more pragmatism in the fact that, so I guess similarly to Norwich's situation last year, that there may be a relegation involved, but that in terms of the long term and, and the bigger picture may not be the worst thing in the world? Yeah, I mean... I won't repeat exactly what he said because it's not clean, but our, uh, our, our CFO uh, you know, went on record last season saying we're prepared to yo-yo. Um, you know, the longer term aim is to try and establish ourselves in the championship, but I don't think it's ever been the intention to go up and stay up because, you know, you think of the clubs of our size that have come up, Yeovil, then, you know, just started getting it horribly wrong behind the scenes. And obviously, you know, we see them now down in the conference. I mean, they're probably quite an extreme example, but even Burton stayed up for one season, you know, weren't able to make it last any longer than two. Rotherham, worst ever points total, came up, went down again, came up. I, I lose track of how many times they've come up, actually, but they've yo-yoed and they, you know, they look like they might be able to hold on to it this time. So it can be done. Um, you know, we're, we're all about sustainability, really. That's kind of the, that's the ultimate goal. Um, we were never going to chuck money at it. And I think at the beginning of the season, when you, like I said, there was a hope we'd stay up, but there was no expectation. I think anyone expecting to stay up, you know, it was always likely to be disappointed. Maybe they won't be, but um, yeah, there's a bigger, it can be, obviously it's hard to see the bigger picture. You know, that's the nature of football. It's so instant and everything. Um, bigger picture here. And even, you know, worst comes to worst, we're back in League One, pushing for top six next season. That's not a bad place to be for a club that, like I said, not even seven years ago, nearly dropped out of the Football League. So, yeah, I think, especially in the current climate, obviously, you know, hope things are back to normal next season with crowds, as it looks like they will be. But I think the financial benefit of this season is going to be huge. We haven't spent a lot on players um, at all. Um, but I think it's about eight million in TV money. I mean, that, that's massive for a club like us. And uh, yeah, I trust us to reinvest that sensibly. And uh, wherever we are, 
whatever happens this season, I don't think it will be our last season in the Championship. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was, I was going to come on to the financial side of it because uh, mm. you, you mentioned that and, and the, the rise of the club, like you say, in the last seven years has been tremendous. I, I don't think anyone would have um, predicted championship football after yeah. after maybe some of the, the seasons you guys have been through in, in fairly recent history as well. So um, it's, it's an incredible achievement. But like I said there, in terms of the financial um, side of things there are clubs in league one league two even the championship even very big clubs in the championship struggling at the moment because of obviously yeah. this pandemic and the effect it's had whereas I guess you guys and and your football club a relatively new takeover as well are, are sitting fairly comfortably because of all that you've achieved in the last year or so so as a fan it must be nice not to have those anxieties and to know that when fans do return and hopefully that's at the start of next season like you say and I'm predicting now pre-season friendlies are going to be absolutely packed, I suspect. <laughs> but you, you have a football club to go back to and, and that's the most important yeah. thing. But equally, you've got a, a club that's going to be aiming upwards when many clubs are maybe going to be looking at, at cost-cutting and, and sort of preserving themselves. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one thing is we didn't have massive overheads to begin with. So arguably, we weren't as hard hit as, say, you know, looking at League One, Sunderland, Ipswich, you know, they were talking about the kind of season ticket refunds they were going to have to give. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely a good time to go up. We'd have been fine. We'd have, you know, stayed alive in League One. But, it, you know, had we not gone up, I don't think we'd have mounted another promotion push. You know, and people will say what they like about how we got lucky with points of the game and everything. But, you know, if you're not over it by now, get help. Um <laughs> And hopefully we can, you know, shut them up and stay up. And if we don't, so what? We, you know, we're sure of ourselves. We we know what the plan is here. We, you know, we're in a good place on and off the pitch. And, uh, you know, we've got a manager with probably the most secure job in the English game. Maybe, you know, on a par with, I mean, I suppose Daniel Fark is fairly up there, but I suppose the bigger the club, it doesn't take so much for fans to turn maybe. Um, but yeah, Ainsworth obviously has been here, this is ninth year now, and so obviously one of the longest serving. So yeah, overall it's all very stable, um, and we've got everyone bar the two senior goalkeepers contracted till at least the end of next season, so if anyone does go in the summer, they're probably going to have to go for a fee. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're building well, and uh, yeah, the, the bigger picture is looking pretty good yeah good stuff and that that is absolutely the the main thing for every single club i think the main thing is that we emerge from this pandemic with uh with with all football clubs intact in the, in the football league and, and hopefully the national league as well and hopefully those issues down there get resolved um terry just two for you um now in, in first and foremost i've got to ask you about uh, Christoph Zimmerman, of course you've got the the zimbo appreciation society he's come back in in, in the last two games Maybe took a little bit of flack for for Birmingham's goal on Wednesday night. Whether I, I think probably looking back at it, there were, there were probably one or two that you could um, direct the blame at. But overall, been very reliable and very very solid as you would expect. Even though perhaps he's he's not had a lot of football in recent weeks. Yes, no, it's been really good to see him just come in and take over. I mean, Hanley Gibson have been such a formidable defensive partnership. As soon as one of them was missing, you you're going to worry that are oh, we going to be able to maintain that kind of performance? But yeah, despite not playing for quite a while, uh, Zimbo came in and he did a really good job. I mean, we'll just gloss over that Birmingham goal because that was just horrendous. It's like, how can us, one of the best defensive teams in the in the division, make such an absolute hash of that 
goal. I don't know. It's like everybody got it wrong. So we'll just pretend that didn't exist. If we gloss over that, um, yeah, he's done really well. And that's really, I mean, that's one of the things that you need to maintain a run in the championship. That if you do, if players get missing or, you know, they're injured or suspended, that you've got somebody who can come in and do the job. And luckily we have got that in our squad. Mm, absolutely, and and it remains to be seen whether Ben Gibson's back or not. Daniel Farker's press conference is on uh, is on Friday, which is before we're recording this, and it, it sounds like he probably will be. I would I would suspect. Um, the the second one to ask you about is that number ten position. It's the area Norwich of probably the one area now the left back position is sorted that is maybe up for grabs, up for debate a little bit. Obviously, Marco Steepman returning from injury, which is a, a massive boost for Norwich. We all know the. The, the impact he had on the championship two years ago. Um, Kieran Dowler's his return to fitness as well. But for recent weeks, it's been Mario Vrancic in that position. Is, is that something you'd expect to see again on Sunday? Or, or do you think Daniel Farker will look to maybe change it for this one? He doesn't tend to change a winning team unless he has to, does he, uh, Daniel? So um, I'd be surprised if he does change it because because it has worked and he have won the last four games. Is that, you know, and We understand there's still a bit of an issue about whether that's always... The, and I think it does depend about who the opposition is. So I think sometimes Mario works really well in that position. But I think sometimes when you've got a more defensive, um, sort of more physical team, that sometimes Mario gets lost in that role and then you're looking for somebody like a Stephenman who's got, you know, a bit more about them. So I think it really does depend on the opposition. But I would be surprised about change. I mean, if, if a team's won four games in a, on the row, you know, why change it unless you have to? Yeah, I, I, and spot on. And, and if there's one thing, as you said there, Daniel Farker likes, it's uh, it's continuity. Um, Tom, Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth, what do you think his approach for this weekend will be? I've seen some some comments from him already about how Wickham shouldn't fear going into this game, how they should use that reverse fixture at Carroll Road as, as proof, I guess, and the win against Reading mm-hmm. that they can compete with these sides at the top of the table. What are you hoping to see from Wickham on Sunday? Yeah, I think, you know, whenever we never play with any fear. Um, I think, yeah, in terms of league position, you're not far from Reading, but in terms of form, completely different. So I think you're probably playing better now than you were for that first game. Um, and yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, there, there are some scary players in that Norwich side. Um, you know, Puki, Buendia, probably two of the, you know, they are, Buendia is arguably the best player that's ever played at this level. Um, he's sort of like a Tarat, probably. Um, but, you know, we've beaten teams with stuff, you know, we've beaten teams with sort of big names in before and, you know, nothing like that's going to scare the players. Um, and there's nothing to lose, really. If we're looking at games where we might expect to pick up points in the bid for survival, this isn't going to be one of them. So anything's a free hit. So anything's a bonus. Um, it's a bit of a free hit. Would that work in my favour? I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll be, in, I mean, in terms of the team, a bit of a blow to lose Ryan Tapazoli, uh suspended because he's been huge literally and metaphorically since he, uh, since he came back in. We've missed him most of the season. Um, along with Uche Piazu, who did come off the bench at Carrow Road, but uh, he only made his first start in the last game of last year. But he's been immense as well. So, yeah, I think it might be a couple changes for freshness and with that suspension, but we've largely been able to name the same team for four games in a row now, which we just haven't been able to do at any other point in the season. And I don't think it's a coincidence that while we're creating a bit less, we're more clinical, we look better at the back, we look more balanced. Um, so, yeah, the, the only one I would hope is back is Joe Jacobson because against the better defensive teams, you want your best set-piece takers and we haven't really got anyone close to him. Uh, 
we've had Jordan Abita on corners instead, who's and Gareth McCleary, who can you know they can put a ball in, but it's nothing compared to what JJ can do. So we'll see. That that's a yeah. Hope he's back. Not sure he will be. Um, but yeah, I think no need to approach this any differently, and hopefully psychologically we can take from the performance at your place. Are, are these kind of games? Um kind of what you looked forward to when you when you got promoted like I say it's, it's it's your first ever season in in the championship not to maybe big Norwich up or to 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 look down at Wickham but those games against the teams that came down from the Premier League they're kind of the games that promoted sides from League One and I guess other teams in the championship as well look forward to and it, it tends mm. to be a good test even though like you say maybe it's a free hit because the expectation isn't necessarily with you if, if that makes sense. Well, we have played Norwich in League One, so I'm not sure how big. <laughs> but it's true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, in, in terms of playing the teams, yeah, literally had just come down from the Premier League. I mean, our first point was against Watford. We only lost to Bournemouth one 0 only lost to you guys two one. Um, yeah, I mean, had there been fans, obviously there would have been big away day after big away day after big away day. Um, as it was, I think the only games. Yeah, the only two games fans got in for were Stoke and Coventry, which we lost both of. But, uh, yeah, I suppose in terms of the players, yeah, you, any player wants to test themselves against the best as well. Um, and for a lot of our players, just thinking of the side that will probably play on Sunday. We've got Anthony Stewart was with us in League Two. He's come all the way up. Um, Dom Gape as well. So there's a, quite a few who were with us in League Two and have come through the divisions and have also grown into this division, um, similar to quite a lot of Luton players who sort of come through the leagues at a similar time to us. So, yeah, as fans, I guess that is the biggest shame that you can't get to do, you know, A, we can't help make Adams Park a bit more of a fortress as it was last season, and also that we can't do these away trips. Um, but I suppose being on the telly makes you feel a bit bigger, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and just um, finally, for, for sort of this, this round of questions to you, um, uh, Anis Mometi is obviously someone with, with Norwich mm. connections. Talk to us a, a little bit about him because his journey to Wickham after his release from Norwich is very interesting, but it's also been really good to, to see how, he was, how he's been getting on because he was a player signed for, for Wickham's B team, wasn't he? Yeah, so I didn't actually realise until recently. I'd looked at it wrong. I thought his spell at Woodford Town was alone, but no, I, he was actually released last, so summer 2019 from Norwich. So he hadn't been playing any football for a good six months when we brought him in. And before that, it had been ninth tier, so which was a level above what Gareth Ainsworth was actually playing in until recently. So, yeah, on his spare weekend. Um, so how he slipped under the radar, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that does happen with countless examples, but yeah, the, the B team, it's not a B team in the sense that Brentford's is, for example, where they scrap the academy and they have a whole, you know, full team. And we have no academy, but it, it was really just about bringing in a few young players to develop and long-term probably sell on. And the way he's developing, you know, he's just been a revelation, really. I mean, he's, he's got a lot to learn. He's got the defensive side of his game to work on. I mean, there have been a few youthful challenges shall we say I think he was probably lucky not to get a red at Millwall at the weekend um, that guy's just jumped out of the way luckily for us but yeah he has scored a couple of goals out of nothing um, if we can get him on the ball you know he's that real flair player who uh, 
it's such a cliche, but he does make things happen. Um, and he, you know, he's not got that consistency yet. Again, it, you know, he's only just turned 20. He's only played, probably only started five, six first team games. Um, so yeah, still raw, but definitely exciting. And I hope we've got a longer deal for him lined up um, in whatever division we're in. I hope we can keep him for at least another season because this, this is the great place for players to develop. I mean, we had Everett on loan in League Two. Um, Jordan Ive, you know, just a couple of examples. But yeah, we're quite well known for that. And uh, yeah, he's an exciting one, more so because he was the complete unknown when he came in. Yeah, I think Norwich fans will be will be watching his his progress with um, with interest. Uh, I mean, I got told by someone at the club the other day that they think even within their current academy at the moment there'll be some that they let go and release and sell or whatever that will go on to have very decent championship careers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 a, a boost for them, I guess, if if they're still producing players for other sides. Um, Terry, in terms of this game, how do you see Norwich City approaching it? It's it's going to be different maybe to, to the other games they've had against sides at the bottom. This is a side bottom of the league and, and, and as Tom has kind of pointed, they, they are looking to complete the greatest escape, if you want to call that, um, certainly in recent times in the Championship. So they, they're going to face a side not lacking for motivation. If you're Daniel Farker, what are you, what are you going to say to that team to, to I guess, get out what you, what you need to get out in order to record another three points and ensure that you don't slip on that banana skin? Yeah, it's about it's about staying focused, isn't it? It's you know it's knowing that. I mean, as Birmingham proved on a Tuesday night, that just because a team's down near the bottom doesn't mean that you can take your foot off the gas at all. Because if you do, you could end up being a goal down before you know it. So it's all about being really focused, making sure that you get everything right, you stick to the plan, you know. And if a team comes up, and if you do go a goal down, which you know could happen again, Wickham could easily uh, get a goal against us in the first half. And it could all get a bit shaky, but it's about, you know, keeping that belief in yourself and, and sticking to the plan. Because we've proven that we can beat any team in this division. That's not the issue. I think it's when we, you know, when things don't go to plan and then we get our take our eye off the ball or confidence starts to go. That's the only time that teams can really get in at us. So it's trying to uh, trying to counter that and to make sure that we stick to the plan. Mm, absolutely. And, and and just finally, Terry, how do you see this game going? And then, of course, finally, I'll ask for that score prediction. I think I don't think it's it's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to be one of those games. You always, you always say that when you're playing somebody who's fighting for relegation, you've actually got something that they're you know, really to fight for. That's a tough team to play against. So I think there's probably only going to be a, a goal in it, probably. Um, I, I'm always optimistic. I'm always going to predict a Norwich win. So I'm going to go for 2-1. Lovely stuff. That's that's what we want to hear, Terry. Positivity, and hopefully we'll hear some more from Tom on his side. How do you see this game going, Tom? And uh, the same as Terry, what's what's your score prediction for Sunday? I mean, hopefully we play, you know, with a bit of a, you know, aim to go and get revenge for last time because we were hard done by. Um, you know, different referee this time. That's nice. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I sh- I'm going to regret saying that, aren't I? Knock on wood. Um, if we can sneak anything, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take the dullest nil-nil of all time, but I'm going to go one all. And that's got to say, Mimetti for score, haven't I? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to be the uh, the point to the back of the shirt job, hasn't it? When he scores, that sort of celebration. That's 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 what we'd expect. <laughs> Tom, Terry, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all very much for watching as well. Let's know your score predictions down 
in the comments um, below and uh, make sure you, you leave us a like and subscribe and all that jazz. Um, whether you're watching as a video or leaving as a podcast, you know what to do. As uh, uh, you know, need to you know what you know what you need to do right now. There you go. It's easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll of course be at Adams Park um, at the weekend, pinkin.com the place to go for all the coverage of that thank you very much for watching, see you soon